Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Good morning! This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Recap and Discussion Podcast, and I am Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. Now, I've watched some JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in my time. Uh-huh. Where are you going with this? I have watched most of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in my time. Dare I say all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in my time, and Nick has merely seen most. I've seen almost all of the latest incantation of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. The latest incantation. Nick, before we get started today, we watch to get ourselves in the mood to podcast Uh the climactic romance scene of the 1980s Nicolas Cage film Con Air. I can see why you're rushing now. In which Cameron Poe, as portrayed by Nicolas Cage, not Poe Dameron from Star Wars, but I would forgive you for getting them mixed up. I literally thought, Poe? Cameron Poe reunites with his wife and unites with his daughter who he's never met because he's spent her whole life in prison for Ah. killing a man defending his wife from bad street toughs there you go um reunites with them gives his daughter a filthy bunny and (laughs) while leanne rhymes i think how do i live is playing on the soundtrack nick you have not seen this movie what do you think was happening in that scene and moreover what do you think was happening in that movie uh okay well i think Nicolas Cage improvised a few lines <laughs> and was just like... The... Sorry, it's a bit dirty, hummingbird. Yeah. So I reckon maybe, like, the director must have just gone, okay, so on the script, we know it says, I missed you so much, but you know what? Just do you, Nick. Okay, just just say you. hummingbird. He's just stopped a plane or something? Yeah, what do you crashing? think Con Air is about? Okay, Con Air. What if it's about a whole bunch of prisoners... On an aeroplane. And they're being transferred from A to B. And the best person to transfer the prisoners is an ex-con. Ah, you were 90% of the way there. Oh. Uh, he's not an ex-con, he is an active con. Oh. Uh, he is up for parole and they're transferring him back to be released. And then Cyrus the Virus Grisham, I think. That doesn't sound right. Portrayed <laughs> okay. um, by John Malkovich orchestrates a plane hijacking. John Malkovich? Yeah. Holy crap. The only people who can stop him are Cameron Poe, convict with a heart of gold, uh-huh. and... Lover of teddies. Yep. Uh, he was also an ex-US ranger, which is why he got a big sentence for killing a guy, even though it was in self-defense, because his hands are registered as lethal weapons. I see. Um, and the only other person who can help stop it is John Cusack's character, whose name I don't know, who is the only police officer or FBI guy or whatever man on the ground who is like, this Cameron Poe guy. I think we can trust him. Uh, do they have like a huge scene where they're like, it's a plane of convicts. Pretty much. We can't trust anyone. And then he goes, wait, there's an ex-ranger on board. He was up for parole. He just wants to go home and be with his hummingbird. I reckon we can trust this guy. Damn it, you're crazy, man. Yeah, that's pretty much the whole movie. Okay, great. Okay, Nick, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast. I am Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of co-hosts. Today, we watched the 33rd episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, part five, Diamond... Nope. Vento <laughs> Oreo. Had to happen at some point. Yep, yep. Nick, Nick, what is the name of a number like 11, 22, and 33 where it is the same number twice? Uh, like a palindrome? Is that literally it? No. Okay. God, no. Um, there's probably a, a word for it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe symmetric number? 
Okay, you don't know. Good. I don't know. Asked and answered. Okay. I um, don't know what this maths this thing. This is also the 146th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole. I know the name of that number. 146. That's the yeah. name of that number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that number? That's Danny. <laughs> hey, have you met uh, Poe Dameron, 146 over there? He's pretty neat. Well, of course. Um, Finn from the Star Wars prequel, uh, no, sequel trilogy is, of course, a man with a number for a name. Yeah. He is, of course, FN2187 or something like that. Yeah. I feel like you're missing one number there, because it wouldn't just be FN, right? Yeah, it is. Is it? It's FN. Oh. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> That's why they call him Finn. I thought it was like F something N. No. Oh, damn. Anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about Star Wars yet. Uh, this is... Cute sad music. <laughs> How do I live without you? This episode yeah. covers yeah. chapter yeah. 567 yeah. through 571 of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure manga and is entitled, His Name is Diavolo. <gasps> or is it? Yep. Oh, okay, Now, Nick, gotcha. you say your thing. Okay. What was my thing going to be? Patreon stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Did you know we have a Patreon account? Where people can love the energy in the room today. <laughs> this is great. It's so humid. I'm really tired, but I can tell you right now that this episode, Liam, is brought to you almost specifically by someone named Isabella Ampudia. Isabella Ampudia, which sounds like you know how in is this going to be a Con Air reference? No. Ooh. You know how in like... Okay, so I'm playing Devil May Cry 5 right now. Goddamn right and you are. you know are. how there are like common character archetypes in all of those sort of games? Goddamn right you are. There is your protagonist who is sort of like pretty edgy but kind of just like a loser. Goddamn uh, right you are. And then there's the rival character who is you but stronger. Um, also, hang on. Are you implying that any of the characters in Devil May Cry aren't edgy? But you know what I mean. Now hang on a minute. No, I don't because Nero... Okay, alright. Nick, I can't get bogged down in discussion about Devil May Cry 5 right now. I need to get back to Isabella Ampuda. Okay, who go for it. has a name which is like the um the mysterious, like, female semi-rival. You know, she's like the thief with the heart of gold, the catwoman type character, and she's like, you know, fighting the bad guys, and you're about to swoop down and snatch the treasure and then she just like grabs it with her grappling gun and is like sorry boys I'm out <sighs> Isabella Ampudia again yeah I get that's you. what I'm getting at so what you're saying is Isabella Ampudia is Catwoman yeah <laughs> or um the girl from Lupin ah so Catwoman yeah <laughs> we got to watch some Lupin in the off-season. Oh, God. Our off-season is going to be so long. <laughs> yeah. Part five, part, part six, when? Uh, has it been announced yet? Nope. Well, shit. Thanks, Isabella. <laughs> Isabella, you're the real Ampudia here. Nick. I hope we're pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, me too. Nick. Yes. His name is Hideo Kojima. His name is Diavolo, actually. Oh, so, A for effort, but I'm afraid that's not where I was going. God damn it. Well... It's been a good run. I'll mm -hmm. see you uh, yep, yep. Get next out of year. my house, I yep. banish you. Oh, okay. I'm off to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's a good thing to mention at the top of the show. Nick is taking a holiday over the Christmas break, so we will have a bit of a holiday hiatus from... The something like 18th until yeah, so around... In terms of our episodes, that will be the 21st through to probably the 4th. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes pretty good sense, yeah, I guess. Assuming Air New Zealand doesn't cancel more flights. Because that was a real problem when we were booking flights. Oh, okay. Where all the Air New Zealand staff were like, yeah, so um, 
how about we just cancel like half the flights because of flight oh, risk? This plane like, oh. said something racist. It's cancelled. <laughs> so watch out for that, Jojo babies. But in the meantime, his name is Diavolo. Nick- oh, before we do that, mm-hmm. I should probably mention Patreon. If you're interested in getting on board with the Patreon train. I mean, typically we do this at the end of the episode, but okay. Oh no, but I'm just saying, we probably won't be charging them for this month. Oh yes, because. Because we won't produce enough content. Because you'll be in another country. I'll be way over there being all like, oh, why am I here? Why can't I be playing weird JoJo's games? Oh, like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Eyes of Heaven, available now on all PlayStations 4. On all PlayStations 4. <laughs> Don't buy it, it's bad. Oh. Buy it on sale for like three bucks. Nice. Nick. Yes. What is his name? Uh, I believe it's John Cena. Oh, Nick, you had one job. Oh, fuck. Did I get it wrong? Oh, no. I, I guess his name is Diavolo? Diab- Nick, what did you think about this one? Well, it was weird. A, because I was really fucking tired. And the whole time things were happening, I was like, wow, I'm really fucking tired. Been a lot of hot still nights in Perth lately. Oh, not good God. for a productive sleep pattern. Literally, our house has not been in the under. middle of our street. I thought it was fine. <laughs> Great as as an episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was good. What really struck me in this episode, and we've talked about this a lot in part five, about all the sort of like thematic or or structural throwbacks to previous bits of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm. What really struck me in this episode is how much. It hammers home Diavolo is like, oh, he's Dio, but slightly different. (laughs) Well, yeah. So obviously we've got the names. Diavolo, of course, meaning devil and Dio, of course, meaning God. Oh. Uh, We've got that whole stairway sequence with Polnareff, which is like an inversion of the stairway thing Polnareff had with Dio, where Diavolo is emerging from the underworld and Polnareff is like, don't you come up these stairs. I'm up here, you're down there. Diavolo's like, well, I'm just going to move my legs like this and if I go up the stairs, it's your own fault. (laughs) Don't you just mean he's walking? Yeah. Does this mean that every second part of JoJo's is going to be Dio but different? Is this what we're like leading towards? No. Okay. Is it going to be every part of JoJo's is Dio but different? Just this one. Okay, alright. And maybe part seven, depending on how you slice it. I didn't even connect it. I literally just went, oh, it's like a stairway sequence. Oh, it's Polnareff. This is funny. Not even in my brain did I go, oh, this happened in part three. (laughs) And if you will allow me to reach a bit on this last one. Go on. In the flashback, uh-huh. Diavolo destroys Polnareff's body and casts him down into the ocean. Much like Dio himself had his body destroyed and was cast down into the ocean for a hundred years, only to emerge after a long period of time to re-threaten the new status quo. I'm just putting... I'm interweaving my fingers into one another saying it's You're all... actually not. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it's all connected, mm-hmm. Liam. It's all falling into place. Dio is Polnareff. And like, I don't dislike it, but... It feels a bit on the nose for Yeah, me. yeah. See, I didn't even make the connections. I was just like, oh yeah, this is, this is some nice storytelling. Mm. Oh, isn't this interesting? <laughs> but now Dio's the good guy. But does that mean Polnareff's the bad guy? No, Diavolo is Dio in this oh, circumstance. But... Polnareff is Polnareff. Okay, then what's Jono? Jojo. <laughs> Jono is Jojo. I guess so, yeah. And of course, the other thing of, that we're bringing back from the climax of part three is the the being able to tell where your relative's body is through a blood link, mm. which Trish and Diavolo have. 
which didn't work the way that it should have. Trish could tell he was nearby. Oh, Trish could tell. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I was about to say, yeah, Bruno isn't related to (laughs) either of them. (laughs) And just before we get into our recap too, just because um, there's no really good time for it, here is the final secret sentence of the (gasps) Jojo Vele commentary for King Crimson that I could not share back when we read that out. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Well, here's the whole thing, actually. Okay, hit me. It was shocking how, in the movie Total Recall, there was a guy with an extra face on his belly with its own personality. Mm. Yes, it was. That's the bit we know. Um, yep. That's a regular two-face situation. Yep. One face in the head, one face in the body. Yep. Mm-hmm. Differentiated from having two halves of a face, yeah, of yeah. course. Which would be sort of a one-face situation. Yeah. Yeah. But that is different to one For face. For Diavolo, I thought he would look punk if his hair had a leopard pattern. Um. <laughs> I thought his, he would look punk if his hair had a leopard pattern. How many weeks has it been that we've been saving for this moment? And all it was was, I thought Diavolo would look punk if his hair... Had a leopard pattern. And he was right. He was That's so not fucking right. The main thing that makes him look punk. The main thing that makes him look punk is like his like Everything lace else. clothing. <laughs> and eyeshadow. Yeah. But it's it contributes. Still, it definitely does. <laughs> it does certainly make him look completely fucking bonkers. Yeah. If anyone was gonna murder me and leave me to die in the street, it I'd would want be that it to guy. be him. If ever someone was to murder me, Mr. Frodo. It would be him. He does. He reminds me a lot of Risotto in that he kind of vaguely looks like an evil clown. Yeah, I get it. Or like, except now he's he like the like, hyper color version of Risotto. Yeah, but he looks more like an evil squid than an evil clown, if you know what I mean. Like more solid. You know, like a uh, 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 you know, in Star Wars, the guys who have the many tendrils. Um, are you either talking about not a, Twi'leks? Okay, but um, the other the other ones that have m- like many. Not yes. Leku, but like... I know who you're talking about, but yeah. I can't remember the name right now. Oh. They live on Moncal with the Mon Calamari. Mm, yeah, those guys. And they're evil. They're evil? Apparently. You know Star Wars aliens. Yeah. They all have the same personality. I'm pretty sure they're all evil. <laughs> all evil, all the time. Yeah. Only humans can be trusted and or Jedi aliens. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Well, anyway, it looks like he's... And um, Chewbacca. Yeah, it looks like Diablo's a giant evil squid man, so... Okay, I don't see that, but I love your imagination. What can I say? So anyway, Jojo's. Jojo's. Bruno's like, the Colosseum. Have I made it? Have I arrived there? No, I have to go to the Colosseum. <laughs> he's, uh, he's not in a good way. Doppio's like, oh, I better kill you. Oh, no, wait, I can't kill you. Because the boss said they had a secret goal. And I've got to figure out what that secret goal is and obtain any, um... Just pulling a random phrase out of my head. Obtain any hidden wisdom. Ah, oh. That they might be pursuing. Ah, good old hidden wisdom. Mm. That's really the joke that's been playing. The sleeper hit that's been paying dividends. <laughs> Anytime you say it, you're like, oh, hidden wisdom? Yeah. Bruno is like, oh, I've got to go to the Colosseum. And Doppio is like, let me help you. And Bruno says, you're still here. Go away. I don't want you here at all. Well, I don't mean to be presumptuous, but... Uh, you can't really walk right now, so you'll never get across this busy Roman street. Don't give me that shit, you dumb kid. Please, let me lend you my shoulder. If you don't mind, I think it would be a nice thing to do close up on Doppio's emotionless dead eyes. <laughs> a lot of that in this episode. There's so much eye play. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose that's not a bad idea after all, young man. Close up on Doppio's sinister smile. <laughs> ah, well, let me just pick you on up, 
Let's go across the street one by one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Bruno immediately walks into traffic. He literally trips into a handrail. Yeah. Handrail? Guardrail. Guardrail. Which trips him over. What the fuck are the Italians even doing if their guardrails trip people into traffic? Too low. I mean, Italian people are pretty tall as well, aren't they? I don't know. I don't know. I'm making a broad racist statement. It's about cartoon Italian people. Well, the cartoon Italian man that I know is quite short, but then he can eat a mushroom and get twice as tall. Ah, there you go. Is he um, some kind of tradesman? I saw a official piece of Nintendo merchandise yeah. which dictated that Mario is not what we would consider a human. His species is like Homo Marioist or something. <laughs> Homo meticulous. He's always going to And they the would not done. confirm whether or not Luigi was also of that same species. Do you reckon the reason why Luigi always comes last is because he's not the same species? because he's a considerate lover. Oh, wow. Okay. Where the fuck did this come from? Moving on. Yep. Is this a guardrail? Did I run into it? Oh, I've lost my shoe. Let me just feel around impotently for a moment. And Doppio's like, so is he blind or... He's just like literally feeling the floor. Couldn't hear that car horn. Let me just pick up this shoe and move it over here and see if he finds it. And Bruno goes, look out. The boss is nearby. Bruno goes, look out. You've got a wound on your throat. (laughs) And uh, Doppio's all like, oh. Oh, no. I can see actually... Now that I'm looking at it closer, the wound is from this morning or last night. It's not bleeding anymore. Strange place for a wound. Don't worry at all about it. It's just a flesh wound. <gasps> he can see the wound Rosetta Nero gave me, even though it's beneath my collar. This is like, you know, I don't know if you know that episode of Seinfeld. There are many yep. that I, I know of. There's one where George Costanza loses his glasses. Okay. Um, and he thinks he sees someone like making out with someone else they shouldn't be. And the the, the the crux of the episode is like, he was squinting. Can he actually see things when he squints good or is he just full yeah. of shit? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. like throughout this episode, he's like accidentally biting into onions like they're apples. Yeah. But he's also like spotting quarters all the way over on the other side of the room. This is what Bruno's doing right now. He's like bumping into traffic and getting hit by cars. But he's like, oh, I can see that... Sh- from the mud on your shoes that you're a painter. and <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that carriage almost hit that young girl. Mm. No, it's me, the guy who's helping you along. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see now. Oh, you're an old girl. <laughs> Thanks for picking up my shoe. And then he's like fireman, car- fireman carrying him across the road. Doppio is slowly putting things together. He's like, so he can hear me, but still something's on. Oh no, there's Mr. And we see Mr. And he's standing over <laughs> at the Coliseum. Just like rubbing his hands on its walls. I don't know what the fuck he's trying to Mr. do. Mr. took some ecstasy while he was in the turtle. <laughs> and he's like, oh, the feel of the Coliseum on my hands. Look, I don't want the kids to have drugs, but you know what? Us but adults. I'm a consenting adult. Ah. You're okay with this, right, Jono? And he's just like rubbing the wall up and down. It's like, oh, something's here. Maybe he's looking for a secret a entrance. hidden entrance, or... yeah, he's checking yeah. for traps. A hidden entrance. Yeah. A hidden entrance. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Doppio's like, oh shit, it's Mr. So I don't think Mr. even knows what he looks like yet. No, but he'd, he'd recognise Bruno. Yes. I mean, yeah, he'd recognise Bruno, but Doppio could just bring him over and Mr. would be all like, you know, Bruno. If it comes to it, Doppio would prefer to kill Bruno while he's alone. And then, mm, I guess that's true. Yeah. So he's all like, oh my god, it's Bruno, he's over there. Wait, sorry, it's Mister, he's over there. Better hide behind this traffic island. And Bruno's all like, hey, what's, uh, what's going on? We haven't on? finished crossing the road yet. We're still in the middle of the road. 
That's the exact opposite of crossing the road. Sorry, my cut started bleeding a little. No, it didn't. Don't lie to me. Oh no, mister's coming this way. And he's just sort of like ambling around aimlessly. Uh, there is a car coming. No, there's not. No, that car's behind us. Uh, well, I, uh, it, me, uh... Well, I guess I've got to kill him. Puts hand in like a weird judo chop motion again, but like cocked at the wrist 90 degrees in a way I can't even do. Hocha. Yeah, Nick can kind of do it. Hocha. It's like the karate chop from Toy Story, but... Oh, yes. So you, the you boss, take... the boss in Doppio's brain is pressing the big button on Doppio's yeah. back to make his hand do karate chop action and scare off a giant mechanical spider with a baby's head. Da, da, Doppio. But then the phone rings. And of course, by the phone rings, I mean Doppio clutches his bag nervously and starts making phone noises at the top of his lungs. Yeah, I can't even do it. Oh, it's so good. Bruno's like, what the hell is wrong with you? It's a really long one as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, it goes on. He doesn't want to answer, because then he'll have to talk to the boss, and it'll be like, Hey, boss, I'm just with Bruno planning to murder him now. So, I think his exact words were something like, What are you doing, you dumbass? Do you want him to find out? And his eyes go that sort of, like, fragmented green colour in a shape. Mm-hmm. You mean, like, the boss's eyes? Kind of, but, like, it's sort of intermediate yeah. phase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, he's halfway between Doppio and Diavolo. Yeah. Is that his name? Yep. Oh my god, his name is Diavolo. Oh. I think I got it. I think I finally remember his name. Meanwhile, back over at the Coliseum, Giorno and, um, and Mr. are standing there, and Trish is there, and they're like, Trish, don't come out of the turtle yet. Get back in the turtle. And Trish goes back in the turtle. You're not allowed to have fun. Yeah. Wait, does Trish go back in the turtle? I don't know. They cut away. No, I thought... She's out again later, but I, I assume she went back in for now. <laughs> So hang on, it's like, Trish, get back in the turtle. And then she just comes back out. Hang on a minute, guys. I've got a bone to pick with Oh, you. no, Trish doesn't go back in because she's like, wait, I can sense him. Yeah. The same thing I sensed in Sardinia. <gasps> the boss. The boss is nearby. Meanwhile, Bruno looks at Doppio and perceives Trish. <laughs> Do you want to restate that sentence? No, that's exactly what happens. He looks at Doppio and he perceives Trish. Yep, okay. Uh, so, he, so he's blind. Yeah, right, he can't see anything. Excellent work, Doppio. This is why you're my best subordinate. Because I fixed the problem. <laughs> Bruno's looking right at you, but he doesn't see you. Because he's already a corpse. He's got no heartbeat, he's not breathing properly, he's blind, and his eardrums ruptured while he was fighting Seko. All he can see is the shape of your soul, and all he can hear is the energy of your soul. That's why he couldn't see the guardrail, but he could perceive the cars because he could perceive the souls of the drivers. Uh. So now, Trish's soul and my soul, me, the boss, have a similar scent. That's right, soul stink. One of the, one of the many senses he neglected to mention in the little... So I gave you my soul scent and now he thinks you're Trish. Okay, sure thing, boss. is like, I accept this without question. <laughs> So you really are my best Let's break that down. Okay. Bruno is blind. Bruno has lost four of his regular, three of his regular senses at least, hearing, uh, touch, and vision. Sucks. Yeah. But he has gained a, what would be, sixth and seventh scent, uh -huh. sense, one yep. of which is smelling ghosts and souls, yep. and the other is seeing ghosts and souls. Can he smell ghosts? He's got the scent of the Trish soul. Yeah, but isn't it? Does he mean like quote unquote scent? Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, now let's, let's. I'm just being I mean, glib for comedic effect. Oh, that's you. That's so, classic Liam. So Liam. 
that's never got me into trouble where people who listen think I've been saying something seriously, but I'm blatantly full of shit before. <laughs> Sorry I spaced out. I'm definitely Trish. Good thing you're safe, Butcherati. And he starts putting on a more girly voice. Yeah, not very well, though. I think, and it's just like, okay, what? Bruno's like, was there a young man here? And Trish is like, sorry, Doppio, uh, Doppio as Trish. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, yes, he left. Now I'm here <laughs> in the exact same spot as him. Bruno's <laughs> just like, huh, all right then. Can you help me get to the Coliseum? Sure, let me take your creepy bone-fingered hand. Come on then, let's go, Boomer. <laughs> so they're walking, and he's like, hey, Trish, I'm freaking dying. But I've got a house. Uh, it's in Naples. It's kind of small, but it's like in a good school district and there's a nice restaurant nearby. It's close to the beach. Your life sucks. You can live there. Well, to be fair, her life does kind of suck right now. Her life has kind of sucked all along. Yeah. At least since her mum died. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's all like, you can go there. You can be safe. You can live a normal life. A quiet life. A life where no one talks to you. Do you enjoy murdering people? Do you like hands? I know a guy who likes hands. I haven't heard from him in a while, but <laughs> I know this guy. Yeah, none of that happens. Oh. So Doppio is walking Bruno through the Coliseum and he's like, where are we going to go now? Oh, up these stairs. Oh, stairs. And then whew, Doppio's hand subconsciously hucks a phone up by his head and the boss is like, don't turn around, Doppio. You're being watched. <gasps> watched from where? How do you know? It's impossible to see anything. Everything's dark and shrouded. Right behind you. Look and see who he is. But you just told me not to look around. Look in the reflection of Bruno's eyes. So he looks in the reflection of his eyes. And there's a strange figure. Ah. On like a couple levels above. He looks ridiculous in this particular shot. (laughs) Because we just see the side of his face with the big pink eye patch thing. Oh god, it's so dumb. I think my favourite thing is that, you know how last time I was saying he looks like that guy from that movie with the guy in the wheelchair with the telescope? That the rear, rear window, yeah. Yeah. He looks even more like that guy, but crazier. Where he's like, boy, what you doing down there? Don't what you, you come up these stairs. I'll, I'll kill you. <laughs> it's just like, why is this the shot they chose? Well, he's been living on the second floor of a coliseum for like 10 years. He has no way to get down. There's no access ramps. But he can't see out that eye. Ah, I gotta correct myself because, of course, as we saw in this episode, yeah. Silver Chariot has the power to just huck him through the sky. <laughs> <laughs> which oh, didn't really do anything. No. But we'll get back to that in a sec. Oh, um, my God, amazing. So he's like, hey, don't go up these stairs. If you come up here, the deal's off. Who's that guy? Uh, why, it's Trish, obviously. Trish? But that's a girl's name. Doppio's all like, boss, what do I do? What? I, I'm not a girl. I want you to say, do you have a problem with me being a girl? Do it now. Uh, do you have a problem with me being a girl? Polarif immediately backs down like, oh, sorry, I guess that was kind of rude. I, I, that wasn't very It PC is dark in here. Me. Yeah. Apologies. I guess, you know, we are living in the 2000s, so... It's a new age. <laughs> I'm a product of my time. You know, I grew up in the 80s. I've got the, like, mentality of the 80s, you know. I'm, thank you for pointing out my uh, terrible habits. You can bring her up now. You know what, we're friends. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> Trish, show me your stand. Stay there, far away, and show me your stand. Then I'll trust you. Diavolo's all like, huh. Uh, He's a cunning one. He knows about stand ranges. Who is he? Such a lust for vengeance. Who? <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 5. Ah. Uh, Skullface. Ah, uh, I get it now. 
Fuck, I need to play that game. You do. We were talking before about the weird Metal Gear Solid 5 truthers. Yeah, um, Chip Cheesem and General Ironicus have just finished up a huge Metal Gear Solid 5 Let's Play. And if you don't want to watch that whole thing, I, I at least recommend you check out a video in their second last episode. Episode 69-1. Yeah, uh, which is all about the weird conspiracy theories people were hatching about how Death Stranding was secretly... Somehow both like the third missing act of Metal Gear Solid 5, but also secret new game Metal Gear Solid Zero. And it was going to, or it was somehow linked together every Kojima game, including PT, Silent Hills, Zone of the Enders. And it's just like, what? You guys, no, 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 not even remotely. Just do something else with your time. But it goes like an hour on these conspiracies that hinge on one Twitter tweet being like, party. Yeah. A, red w- a one word tweet with a photo of a red hallway. Guys, P and T That's are our smoking gun. My god. So yeah, check that out. Oh, so good. Meanwhile, Polarf is upstairs being like, ooh, this ominous murderous intent is like a knife at my heart, and I've felt it before. There's only one person. How? Has he used the arrow to track me down? He's flashback! I love this flashback sequence where it is like Diavolo and Polnareff trading off narration. Yes, it's so good. Because it's the same series of events, but you see both sides of the story. Yeah, yeah. Except it's just one story with one side because both of them know the whole story. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty bleak for Polnareff. Diavolo's like, I went to Egypt once and I dug up all these arrows and I met this woman with two right hands who told me these arrows had power and she would buy them off me. So I sold her five and kept one. And then she she said something something bizarre. She said, The arrows choose people, and those people are attracted like magnets. Huh. How interesting. Meanwhile, Polnareff is like, It was the swingin' 90s. Jotaro Kujo and I were investigating the arrows. We went to Egypt, and then we decided to each search two continents. There's some old-timey jazz playing. Yep, yep. Jotaro searched America and Asia, and I searched Europe and Africa, and then I guess we would have met up for Australia and Antarctica. <laughs> yeah, New Zealand can fuck right off not, with that shit. Not a continent. Ah. So there, there could never be an arrow on a place that isn't a continent, like, say, New Zealand or another island nation in the Northern Hemisphere. Hmm. Mm, like, I'm um, hmm. just pulling something randomly out of my head, say, Japan? No? Because Japan's not a continent? Mm. Get the mm. fuck out of here! Then this is, this is bonkers transition, where Jotaro Apollorov is like, yeah, so I was investigating the Mafia, and the cut is him murdering a guy with his mind sword. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like cutting down like it's seven in the guys. Alleyway. And it's just like... Polnareff, oh my god. He needed to get to the truth. There's no justice in Italy, we know this. And the boss is like, My organisation was nearing perfection even after only a few years. My subordinates were swearing loyalty and my influence was growing, but someone was tracking me down and I could not tolerate that and I would have to deal with them myself. He said, I had a notion someone was tracking me down. Just a hunch. Which is like, I thought someone might be doing something. So I decided to look out for them and kill them. So there's a very interesting transition here and I would love to see an extended sequence of how we got from point A to point B here. Yeah. Because Diavolo confronts Polnareff in an alleyway Mm -hmm. and then... They're on the top of a cliff. (laughs) Yeah. um, By the ocean. Yeah. And Polnareff is very bloody. And he's all like, you son of a bitch. This, this would have been a really interesting confrontation to see in full, I think. Polnareff at the peak of his powers, engaging with the boss. I, I mean, okay, two things. 
One, would it be that interesting? Uh, it's a foregone conclusion, obviously, but I think it would be interesting. It would be novel. I mean, it would certainly just... be um, spectacular. Yeah, it'd have to be if they end up on a cliff yes. in Italy with Paul being like, "You were the chosen one. <laughs> I have the high ground." Then you truly are lost. Oh, Polnareff does have the high ground later. We'll circle back to that later. Um, back to boss narration. And it was there on that cliff that I made two big mistakes. I don't really understand the first. The first is that he says his crime organisation was already complete. Uh, the communications and the government and the press had already isolated him. Mm. What's the mistake there? Well, he went into isolation. Ah, he had a limited information network. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ah, yes. And the second big mistake was that he basically just told told his life story to Polareff before thinking he would kill him. I'll tell you, since you'll die shortly, that I'm Diavolo and this is King Crimson. Anyway, gonna kill you now. Uh, so he chops off, like Sil- karate chops. Silver Chariot has a go at him, doesn't work. Sticks his fingers in his eyes. And then he's all like, well, fuck you. And then just chops off his legs and arm. Throws him off a cliff, sending him down to hell. Metaphorical. Metaphorical. Yeah, of course. Metaphorical hell. Which obviously is still Italy. I know I killed him. To think he would show up again. And with the arrow. (laughs) You know what I really want to know? What? How the fuck did Polnareff get back up? Well, he would have had a hard few days, I'm sure. Salty seawater and all those... Fresh wounds. A, a familiar-looking fisherman happened to sail by while taking some mobsters to a nearby island. <laughs> the very same island where he would meet his demise. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so Polareff somehow, question mark, got off from this Sheer rock. force of will. He, he got off from this rock. Maybe Silver Chariot threw him up the cliff. Yeah, Don't he know. can still do that. <laughs> So, Even though he couldn't when Polnareff had to move mere metres to escape a war- whirling orb of death. <laughs> but now Silver Chariot can carry Polnareff's weight, plus a wheelchair. Well, yeah, he's got strength of will now. He's got resolve. Ah, resolve. Yeah, where he didn't before because it was like, Iggy, it's all hopeless. So he couldn't just reach out with Silver Chariot. It all... Liam, I'm doing the thing again. I'm doing the interweaving fingers yep. thing. Oh, were you going anywhere with that? No, I was just saying it all falls into okay. place. We may have overlooked it, but there was a great moment where we flashed back to Polnareff's memories of of um, part three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's Kakuin there with his shitty sunglasses and a really weirdly off-model looking Iggy. No, isn't that when um, later when he gets Oh yeah, himself... when, when he gets attacked. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's a great moment. Oh, I wanted to highlight God. that. I just love that it's like Kakuin looks so happy. And then you see the glasses, you're like, ooh. Not a good choice, ooh, Kakuin. no. <laughs> See, it hasn't aged well. I love those sunglasses. They suck so much. <laughs> oh, Diavolo's gone. How? How could he go? Where could he go? What's that rolling thing near my foot, says Polnareff. Oh no, my binoculars broke. How did they break? Why, I didn't even hear them fall. <gasps> Why, there's only one way that could have happened. Were you legitimately asking how they broke? Yeah, I'm also legitimately I mean, asking. What I'm sure was happening was he was getting worked up and joking around looking for Diavolo. And then in the stopped time, they fell. They fell. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought they fell, but they looked crushed. Like, they just looked like they'd Big been fall. really smashed. Hard Colosseum floors. <laughs> the Romans knew how to build those hard floors. Perfect for dancing, killing, and gladiatorial combat. Yep. Bad for binoculars. Bad for binoculars. They didn't have them. They didn't need a ah, build for them. They only used monoculars. Yeah. Hardier, sturdier. Caesar approved. He's time skipping and he's already up most of the stairs. So, Diavolo slowly walks up mm-hmm. the staircase. Polnareff 
is at the top of the stairs. It's the inverse of the, of the Dio of the, thing. Yeah. And of course, uh, Polnareff is like, don't try it, I have the high ground. Mm-hmm. So what does uh, Doppio do? Oh yeah, he's still Doppio body at this stage. Yep. But he's, he's monologuing. And he's like, oh, yep, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm Diavolo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just, Polnareff just goes, who are you, Doppio? Oh, I'm... I'm bloody, I'm bloody Diavolo. I love, I love this new characterization. <laughs> oh, yep, yep, mate, yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. This was just a, just a friggin' test for me, and uh, I'm gonna flash my King Crimson, and the whole world's gonna fall away, and then I'm gonna keep walking, take off this sweater. Look how punk I look now. Got these leopard stripes in my hair. Pretty so, punk. I'm not gonna lie. Diavolo looks fucking rad. Yep. Like not even in a in an ironic. Oh, uh, he looks like fucking funny rad. He just looks fucking rad. Let's talk it through. Okay. Let's start from the top. He has weird squid hair. Like flowing, draping hair. Now you see what I was talking about now when I was talking about how the silhouettes of we, we've seen of him yes. don't really match up. At all. Now arguably he could have could have, could just have his hair up in those moments, but... How though? How would the silhouette even match? Yeah, doesn't really match up in my opinion. Ugh. So he's got a very Risotto Nero vibe to him. Like that sort of rocker. His um, his like lace... Mm. T- half T has like the same sort of vague jester shape but with like a sort of spiderweb pattern yeah so he, okay hang on so from the top he's got pink leopard print hair and the leopard print is kind of a blackish green yes uh, he's got eyeshadow all around his eye pink lipstick uh, he's got like a lacy like glam rock kind of shirt because of course when he was doing his big transition moment he took off his doppio sweater Mm, and he was like you gotta throw the past behind embrace the lace he was like i'm I'm not gonna do the knives out challenge i'm diavolo not doppio it's the knives out challenge you take a picture of yourself wearing a nice sweater why because chris evans character wears an array of nice sweaters in that Uh... movie I mean, Chris Evans just typically wears an array of nice sweaters, doesn't he? Green wristbands. For some reason, green wristbands. And we don't have and the And he's got mark? doppio pants. Yeah, he's still got doppio lo- pants. Loose. Loose doppio pants. Yeah. Now, tattoo on his arm in the manga? Ooh. Is that in the anime? No, not that we can see. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Big tattoo. Say. Huge tattoo. Fucking hell. That is... What is that? Is that like a sunbeam thing? Yeah, I don't know, man. Man. So anyway, he looks rad. If I could be so grossly mafioso, that's what I would look like. <laughs> sure. So he's like, oh, yep, yep. So this is me. This is my new hair. Wouldn't you agree? Jean-Pierre Polnareff. And Polnareff is like, Diavolo, no! J'accuse. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no matter how much I tear apart the past, yep, it uh, still manages to wriggle up like a worm from a rock. Ah, Classic. It doesn't matter how you survive. That's not important. What's important is what were you trying to tell Bruno Bucciarati? Hey, 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 don't go up these stairs. You're down the stairs. I'm up the stairs. That's what we're doing today. I'm Jean-Pierre Polnareff, yeah. upstairs guy. What's wrong, Polnareff? What, when you won't fight for yourself? Are you, have I mental, mentally broken you as well as physically? At this point, Polnareff bites his finger. Super hard. So to the point where it starts bleeding really? profusely. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's the, what's the arrow for, Polnareff? What's the arrow for? I'm not telling you. <laughs> I'm Jean-Pierre Polnareff. Polnareff's like, when did you get so close to me? Like, this is what we're doing, Polnareff. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Have you figured out my power yet? Because you did last time. Diavolo makes his move and he's like, you're the one below me, Polnareff. I cast you into hell and as long as you're in hell, it doesn't matter what you do, you're still beneath me. We get a shot of Jono being like, <gasps> 
Time just stopped. Yep. Time just skipped. Time's moving. We need to hurry fast. Polarev does like a really cool move here where he's when he made his finger bleed, he was catching all the blood drips in his other hand and watching them for time skipping. I thought it was like onto his leg. Oh, whatever. Into a bandaged thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. The point is he's counting the blood drops. Mm. Uh, So when he sees a heap more appear, he knows to bring out Chariot and do a huge like AOE attack. So... A body explosion. Yeah, so it happens. He like drops. He goes one, two, shink, seven. Oh, does like a massive circle around him. Yeah. Dust flies up and then you just hear Diavolo go... Very good, Polaroid. It reminds me of, uh, in the Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith video game. Uh-huh. I think we've talked about this before. I can't remember, but, but go uh, on. in the climactic final battle of that game, which is, of course, Anakin Skywalker, the Chosen One, and now newly rechristened Darth Vader versus Obi-Wan Kenobi, your archetypical Jedi's Jedi, mm-hmm. and the trainer of the former. Yeah. You fight each other, and like in the different phases of the boss fight, you switch back and forth who you're playing. Uh, and then at the final phase on the um, the floating lava platform, yep. you choose who you're going to play as. Thus leading to the reformation of the force or the tipping of the balance of the force? No, either way, the good guys lose in Revenge of the Sith. Oh. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. um, you can play as Obi-Wan and the canon thing happens. Yep. Or you can play as Anakin and you do a big jump really good and you kill Obi-Wan. Shit, man. Because he underestimated your power. Oh. And the high ground was not enough. Is, is, uh, and that's what's happening now. Is, does that literally get said in the game? Does he literally say, you underestimated my power? Probably. Even the high ground couldn't say. No, you. no. And then the Emperor shows up and he's like, great work, Darth Vader. And Anakin kills him. <laughs> I mean, great, but not great. So, um, yeah. I mean, Bruno's still completely fucked down below. Well, doing on. nothing. We're not quite ready to cut away back to them. Because... Oh. Uh, basically, Diavolo is off to the side, slow clapping Polnareff, like, ooh, you almost got me. B- blood bleeding yeah, yeah, down yeah. his arm, and he's just like, splish, splish. If I had been any closer, I would have been gravely injured. Oh no, oh no. How did he get here? What do I do? It has to be now. I have to protect hope. Silver Chariot, throw me into the sky. So, we just see Silver Chariot grab the back of his wheelchair... Fling him up. Yep. And then Diavolo goes, nah, nah time falls so. away. Do, 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 do. He just sort of like ambles around Polnareff, flicks a heap of blood in his eyes, being like, now you won't be able to see that there are more blood drops. Uh, You'll never know that I skipped time. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is it meant to be like I blinded him? Yeah, I mean, kind but- Even that in of itself is a bad move. Yeah. But it's just like, yes, blood in the eyes means blood in the eyes. And by killing Polnareff now in this moment, I'll have defeated my previous weaker self, metaphorically. But wait, what's he doing? He's sticking his own stand with the arrow. And we see that he's just like jammed the arrow into Silver Chariot's face. It's like melting away. Yeah, yeah, Chariot is like, his whole face is melting. Time resumes and like his whole lower body has turned into goop and he like scuttles away like a Japanese little girl ghost. Uh, you know. I mean, I do know. Oh, also Diavolo stuck his hand through Polnareff's chest. Uh, cacuined him, yes. I believe is the correct term. More allegory to Dio? Not allegory. More... Allusions? Parallels? Yeah. But of course... 
I mean, yes, but we have been getting a lot of that this this part anyway. Yeah, I guess so. How many parallels to Dio? Not just with Diavolo, but also Jorno. Oh. Sorry, we I meant we've now? been getting a lot of people sticking hands through each other's oh. chests. But you yeah. are right on that too. There's been a lot of cacuining. Yeah. I think, really, Araki's found his niche. Yeah. And it's just... Is there a cooler attack? I don't think so. I mean, I doubt it. <laughs> to be fair, I can't think of one. And Ponoref is like dying and death steam and he's like this is my gamble i didn't want to show him that because i don't have the power to fully control the arrow anymore but the arrow is our only hope and the one who can control the arrow will control the world and then he dies or does he he's, he's steaming we know what that means <laughs> he's dead he's he's gone you played a pretty good game polar f but now the game is over and now you die now i have the arrow wait where's the arrow gone uh, and then he kind of like looks around a bit for the arrow. Oh, Polarev has his memories of part three. Oh yeah, he has the dumb kakuing glasses. Yeah, yeah. we've talked about it. Yeah, I felt immediately betrayed by Araki that Polarev just fucking died. It's just like what? Come on, Araki, that's not very good. Now, to be fair, we haven't seen his ghost emerge fully formed from his body yet, which is canon. <laughs> oh, your heart has stopped. You've been so useful, Polarev, to me. And you know what my name is. Me. <laughs> um, so then we do we at this point. Yeah. Do meanwhile, we with everyone else, Bruno is still blind and deaf. Yep. Look, Jorno, it's Bruno. He's in a bad way. But wait, the boss is here. I have a weird feeling about this. I guess Narancia is still resting off being super molded. Mm, just kind of being like, if we move further down, I die. It's like no, no, that's we over now. Him. But if we move further down... Narancia, this is the worst excuse you've come up with yet. So the boss is watching in the wings and he's like, Ah, oh, yes, all these guys. Suppose I'll have to kill them. Wait, what was that behind me? <gasps> Why? Some, There's some, some, some kind of liquid moving ghost. Yes, yeah, so a mysterious figure. A shadowy figure. A silvery figure. Do you want to describe this figure? It's like a sexy... <laughs> okay. Like... It's got a strap. Alright, so here's how I'd actually describe it. We don't get a great look at it in this one. We, we see it from behind. Yeah. Uh, it has thick thighs, sort of like Jester's pants, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, you know how Jester's pants were like really big around the waist and they would... Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that, but liquid metal Mm -hmm. and then spikes for a belt. Yep. And then it's got pauldrons and like some kind of armor. Pauldrons. You know, pauldrons. Pauldrons. Yeah. Pauldrons. It's got a hat. Has a hat? Yeah, it's got a big hat. Oh yeah, it's like a brimmed hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of um, Joseph's hat from Part oh, 3. Oh yeah, maybe it's Joseph. Well, I literally thought, oh, it's Joseph. It's Dark right. Joseph. Dark Joseph. <laughs> and the, our last shot of the episode is we see a close-up on the back of its neck <gasps> where it's got what looks like the, the arrow embedded there. Ooh, what could it mean? What could it mean indeed? Nick, what were our highlights and lowlights for this episode? My lowlight, Liam, is probably Polnareth... Polnareth? Polnareth. Polnareth. Probably Pol- the wrath of Polnareth. Uh, just dying. I mean, just, that's it. He got some good licks in. I mean, that's fine. Like, low light Polnareth dying, right? Because I love me some Polnareth. Yeah, I love me some Polnareth too. He but got- it's just like, he arrives and he dies. R.I.P. Resting Polnareth. I was just like, okay, well that was quick. But then there's this illusion that maybe he's not dead? Who knows? Maybe? Silver Chariot melted away. I don't know. It's just, it's very confusing. What's your low light? My low light, um... Pick the bad one. Pick the bad one. The bad one? one. Yeah, the bad one. What's the bad one? The bad one's the bit in the island 
where they're just sitting there like... Oh, I was you... thinking that. Yeah. Because um, it just keeps going. Yeah, it's it's a bit. And it's like, why are we running from Guido Mister, the man who's never seen me before and will hopefully never see me again? Because he wants to keep Bruno isolated. Yeah. Well... And, and he'll lose his in if Mister is like, thank you for helping him. I'll take it from here. Uh, also, I'm a mobster, sense. so I'll probably just beat you up for the sake of it. <laughs> True. We have seen them do that. Yeah. Look, over there, it's clearly a stand user. Oh, God. Uh, I think he's just a regular guy. Oh, man, what a lad. Um, highlights. You didn't give a low light. I agreed with you when you suggested oh, that one for me. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, the mood has really turned in the room. It's so warm today, Liam. <laughs> highlights. My highlight... Okay, just hear me out on this one. Hearing you out. The low light was them being in the middle of the road, but the highlight is just Guido Mister. Touching that Touching wall. The wall. That's pretty good. Just That's pretty good. For no reason whatsoever. Um, either that or the unveiling of Diavolo. Ah, yes. To be a squid now. Just I really like, don't see the squid. Just like an Axel Rose squid guy. Okay, sure. Just walking around being all like, hey, what up? I'm Axel Rose. Quarren. That's the name of that Star Wars species. Quarren? Yeah. The hell? What? It, the squid oh, man. Oh, okay, cool. Noted. Your highlight, Liam? My highlight is probably that whole cross-narration sequence. That was stylish, that was delicious. It was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got to see how Polnareff lost his legs. Yep. In one smooth Now motion. you know the rest of the story. Quite literally. Goddamn, Polnareff is hard as fuck. Yeah, he's had a hard life. He really has. It's a testament to his good character that he's been able to maintain such a positive attitude throughout so much of the screen time he's had. Is he still positive? Not just in part five, but throughout the whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I haven't really seen him be positive in this part yet. He's got a lot going on. Okay, alright. So, Nick. Yes. Jean-Pierre Polnareff has had a hand stuck through his chest. <laughs> Bruno Bucciarati is lying, dying on the floor of the Colosseum in Rome. The boss is up in the mix. Giorno, Mr. Trish and Narancia and Coco Jumbo are not doing a heck of a lot. <laughs> I mean, when you put it that way, it sounds like all hope is lost. And a mysterious shadowy figure is walking around. What will happen next time on? <laughs> just he's just going for a fucking stroll. <laughs> he's not linked to the story at all. <laughs> he was the crucial distraction the protagonists needed. <laughs> he just showed up. Deus ex machina? No. Araki knows what he's doing. What will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Five? Vento Oreo in the episode entitled "The Requiem Quietly Plays." Is this going to be like one of those episodes? Like, um, on the verge of falling. A sky on the verge of falling. A sky on the verge of falling. Um, Where it's like really weirdly, oddly pretentious title, but you're like, well, oh, definitely that. No, there's um, going to be some serious things happening this episode. Going to have some emotions. Potentially. Um, I want to give you just a, a, a bit of a structural, possibly a surprise to you. Okay. May, maybe not after this episode. I think if I told you before today, it definitely would have been a surprise. Yeah. But, uh, there is no fight sequence. No, no, we are in the end game, if you may or may not have realised. Oh! Um, it's kind of kind of as if, um, you remember part three. Wait, hang on, don't we still have like six episodes to go? Yeah. And we're in the end game now. Yeah. Remember how long the part four finale was though? That's true. You remember how in part three, there was the pet shop battle at the gates of Dio's mansion? Yeah. Then we went and played video games for a while. And, yeah. And Polnareff had his own life or death battle against Vanilla Ice. Yeah. And then we got to Dio. Yeah. This was this is kind of like we went from pet shop mm-hmm. straight to opening that coffin and finding that vampire loser. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Radio. So we're really in uh, the end times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Shit. So Nick, the requiem quietly plays, but for whom? 
I mean, it's going to be Bruno. Oh, <laughs> okay, or so, Polnareff. Well, here's the thing. You can't really have JoJo's part five without a protagonist. So does Bruno die or does he How live? How can Bruno die? There's no one else to take up the mantle of protagonist. Exactly. So I, th- I feel as though there is the possibility that Polnareff will die. He is steaming. But I don't know if he will. Because the way that I'm thinking is happening is the secret power of the arrow. Um, the what? The, the hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom, hidden wisdom. Uh, is that your soul or ghost or whatever it is yep. goes into your In Death stand. Stranding, we would call it either the ha or the car. I can't remember which is which. <laughs> I remember you mentioned that on the bonus episode and you were just like, ah, it reminds me of the difference between the ha and the car. The physical and spiritual. Yeah. And I was like, where is this going? <laughs> yeah, so, okay. So <laughs> either, okay. Either Bruno dies... Or Polnareff dies. But not both. But not both. Mm-hmm. I think Bruno's going to die. Like, I'm almost certain Bruno's going to die. Well, he does keep saying he doesn't have much time left. And then it will be the ultimate twist where the main protagonist dies and a new protagonist named Jojo actually emerges from the dust. From the dust? The dust of a man named Bruno. Whoa. Gone through probably way more rigor mortis than he should have while alive. He's not alive, alive, he's dead. He's very dead. Uh, so we'll just be like So arguably way less rigor mortis than he should have gone through Yes And what of this mysterious figure? Oh yeah, my theory What my is theory. it and what will it do? My theory is your soul slash ghost whatever mm-hmm. Transfers into your stand Yep Your body just So you become an energy being You've ascended this physical plane Yeah, more or less um, So then your body just kind of goes like numb and shit You're not going to Go back to it anytime also, soon. Also, someone just stabbed you through the chest. That too, that too. Uh, don't know how that's going to play out, but hey, now we know a little bit of hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom. Uh, that is going to make, like, Jorno super powerful. Like, super powerful. Super powerful. He already did whatever he wanted. Now he does whatever he chooses. Whoa. It'll be like, the Requiem for Bruno is like, Bruno, you're so cold. You're going to die. He's like, is that you? Jordan. You never actually answered my question about what you thought the oh. mysterious figure was going to oh. do. Well, he's going to turn around and be all like, hey, what up? It's me, Polnareff. Ah, I've got, a, I've got my own sword now. Yeah, so he'll be all like, I'm going to stab you with my sword made out of weird magic energy because the arrow. And will it work? Of course not. Why the fuck would it work? Then what happens? Okay. That's what we're doing here, Nick. Maybe it's... he. Ju- he maybe he escapes, right? Maybe he escapes away because now he can like wriggle on walls in his liquid metal form. Sure. Uh, and then goes down to Jorno and crew and be all like, hey, I've implanted this arrow oh, in my body. I'm going to give you a power up. Let me give you this one up arrow and just bam. And then Jorno will be all like, ow, that really fucking hurt. Didn't work on me. <laughs> and now I die. Um, so something to that effect where he'll try and escape rather than fight. Right. And, and pass the mantle. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know how, because skipping time feels like a pretty powerful manoeuvre to catch up with someone. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And then that little fight. I mean, you can't have a JoJo's finale without a big fight. So, I mean, we kind of did in part in part four. four. But the but big there, fight there was, was a big enough fight. The big fight was... The mental battle. Exactly. You can have a big Between a battle. ten-year-old kid and his imposter dad. <laughs> And also, and then of course, Josuke and Kira yes. fought each other. Yes, quite literally. <laughs> until he was like, "I've pinned you now, asshole." Good stuff. So uh, yeah, I reckon it's just going to be a matter of Polnareff escaping, passing on mantle, 
Bruno Dying. All right. This has been JoJo's World. If you enjoyed our content, you can follow us on Twitter. At JoJo's Podcast. You can financially, the word came out correctly, financially help us out with a little donation to patreon.com slash JoJo's World. And if you really want, you can even tell your friends about this show via JoJo's World. Uh, let, let me try that again. Until next time, <laughs> to be continued. continued. Arrivederci.